This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are less than 20 hours away. Oh, no. From the beginning of the 10th annual Peace-a-thon, we will go into great detail about that at 1120. But right now, there's a lot happening in the sports world. I would like to go to cut number five if we can, because I want to know what got the majority of your sports TV attention last night. Three on one. Rangers trying to catch up. Set up to Pavelski. They score. Jamie Benn. Now, what an incredible turnaround in that game. You know, we had actually kind of talked about a few times over the last couple of weeks, Mike, is, hey, the Stars haven't necessarily been getting off to the best starts. Right. How much is that going to cost them when they play an elite-level team? And they're and down 2-0. Yeah, and it definitely had cost them in other games, but they came back with, what if we score all of the goals in the third period well, and they beat the Rangers? I thought the Rangers goalie did a great job of scooping up the puck and putting it in between his legs for the for that one goal. That was awesome. Fair that, enough. I think Sagan got credit for that one. <laughs> Fair enough. But I will say this. I was so confused because I'm learning a lot of hockey right now and enjoying watching. So I, was, I watched more NFL than I did hockey, but I watched quite a bit of the hockey. Um and when there was goalie interference, when it was, I believe it was two to two at the time to make it three to two. And I'm sorry, I forgot who punched it in, but I was like, so you can be six was feet. Was it Marchment? Yes. You can be six feet away from the goalie, not in the crease. The puck just be exposed. And if you touch the puck, it's goalie interference. This is, I'm, I'm very confused on how this is. And then it took about a minute and then they sounded the horn and said, no, there's no goalie interference. But I was like. Man, I feel like I've watched enough playoff hockey when the yep. when the puck is somewhat exposed and the goalie isn't covering it up. It's free. There's like five yeah. sticks like smoking the goalie trying to get the puck in. So that was a really good win from the Dallas Stars. It was fun to watch. Once again, I really like watching Duchesne play. I know that's weird. I know arguably that's, he's that's not so the weird. best player on the team. But when I watch yeah. Duchesne play, I just think he makes a, a major impact on the um, – I don't know if control, tempo, he just does something that makes you feel a lot more. The stars are being more aggressive when Duchesne's on the ice. I definitely think puck control is a good way to describe it, or possession is a good way to describe it. And that doesn't always necessarily show up in traditional methods by the box score. So, was it that game, or if we can go to cut number one, did this take most of your sports attention last night? Here comes McKinnon in motion. Pass this side, Todd Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. Travis Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs have a Kelsey touchdown, his 74th. And that ties Dallas Cowboy, former Cowboy, Jason Witten for fifth all-time for touchdown catches by a tight end in NFL history. 
Oh, you decided to catch that one? Yeah. We'll get to that. 877-881-1053. If you want to jump in on the truckwreck.com fan text, I know this is an odd comparison because usually it's like, hey, were you locked up with the Mavs, the Stars? But we're going to go Stars against Monday Night Football last night. Where where were y'all falling on? I should have been more Stars uh, interested, but this was a big game to me. I really appreciated Jason Kelsey uh, on their new Heights podcast talking about how he didn't think this was a Super Bowl rematch because he was like, this has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. This is just a regular season game. Is it two opponents that played in the previous Super Bowl? Yeah, but nothing of this game is anything like the Super Bowl. There's no buildup. There's no practice the same way. It's all different other than the the names on the helmet and and some of the guys that are still there. But... I thought it was going to be a big, interesting game. It was a flop, in my opinion, from both sides. I, I felt like the Eagles very easily could have lost that game. There were lots of opportunities, and just like Mike said, they slipped through the, the, the Chiefs' hands so many times last night, and it was less about what the Eagles were doing and more about the fact that the Chiefs just watched the ball go by. I feel I didn't pick Philadelphia to win yesterday. We didn't really pick who's going to win yeah. yesterday, but – I've been saying this for weeks now. That's the worst receiving core in all of the NFL. If you watched that game last night, and it was disappointing from a Cowboys perspective because I'm not saying it automatically locks up the division for Philadelphia, but it it starts looking a lot tougher when you saw them going to Kansas City and now they're 9-1 and and winning that game. But when you watched last night, Cowboy fans, when you watched the Chiefs play, and you probably watch them play some, that's the worst receiving core in the NFL. I ask you. Worse than the Giants? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I really do. If I ask you this, would you want McCole Hardman on the Dallas Cowboys? Who are you releasing off of the Cowboys to put McCole Hardman on your team? Um, At this point, probably no, because I, I like Kevontae Turpin. I like what he's doing. Kadarius Toney, you want him on the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, oh. Probably not. All right, you want the talent's so Sky good. Moore? That dude's a super bust. Sky Moore? <laughs> He, he, he did not turn into little Lance Moore. How about sure. Marquez Valdez-Scantling when you throw a perfect touchdown pass to win the game and he's like, I don't know how to catch a football. Let me just beat it. He, they, is, he is very weird. Because, he just beat the ball. He's like, oh, man, there's the ball. Let me punch it in the sky. No, you dummy. You're a wide receiver. Catch the ball. He When he was with like Green Eric Bay. Dampier at wide receiver. When he was uh, with Aaron Rodgers, he struggled to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers a lot of times. and. I felt like Aaron Rodgers could get guys on the same page very quickly a lot of times. And Scantling just, he has this ability to get wide open and ability to not catch the ball. Wasn't it Justin Watson who on fourth and 25 gets a pass in between his eyeballs? I can't believe they got that pass. 11, 11 targets, five catches. I don't know why he kept throwing to that dude. I would have just been like, whatever. But yeah, here it is, fourth and 25. He has no 25. other option. We just went through all the crap that he's dealing with. He has five Billy Davises. If you remember what Troy Aikman had to deal with, when Michael Irvin was there and nobody else, like, hey, here's Billy Davis. Good luck, 87 Billy Davis. He sucked, too. Fourth and 25, and Patrick Mahomes rears back and throws a dot. Like, it's you couldn't have placed that ball any more perfectly at the 25. Like, he was a yard deep. Perfect. And Watson drops the ball. That was miserable. They had, th- they had five drops on the night. More importantly, they do it every game. Three in the final Drive. Even third and two, Kelsey gets a perfect pass and he drops it. And then they have to convert on fourth and two. He throws it to Kelsey again. They get a big, 
I don't want to say it was a bad call, but a favorable call on roughing the passer to get a free 15 yards to get it to midfield. That didn't help them that much because they have to throw the ball to their wide receivers who are almost non-NFL players. I'm not saying all teams, to your point, like the Giants – if they had a chance to pick up some of these wide receivers, they would. And I would say they also don't play at this level, right? If we're being honest. That Rasheed Rice, Rashi, am I yeah. saying? I think he would be picked up by all thirty-one other teams. He's a solid young prospect. Everybody else, I don't know. I I'd think Sky Moore would get a look. I would. Yeah, but give I think him a look. he. I think he's going to play on three other teams in his career. And it's going to be a super disappointment. Not Brandon Cook, right? Brandon Cook's the reason that he's a disappointment with teams is they expect him to be a number one. Uh, New England, New Orleans, all these teams like, I think he's a number one. And then they get disappointed that he's not a number one. I think they're going to go, Sky Moore, let's pick him up. They're going to go, oh my God, he can't play. I I will say this. I wish they didn't call it the tush push uh, because power bottom. It's in even that too, because it's not that. It's so much more about the uh, about Kelsey and the two guards and what they do up front. That's where the, all that comes from. Those dudes put their hands on the ground and crawl forward. It's a rugbyish play. It really is. But they crawl forward and create the space for Jalen Hurts to do it. It's beautiful. It's amazing. That's what offensive line coaches want whenever you're at like goal line situations get low be the lowest player here and make something happen that's exactly what it is I love it I think it's great I wish other teams could do it better but these guys do it the best because their offensive line does it so well the extra push that comes at the end that gets them an extra two yards probably but it's everything about what those guards do and I will add this too that Jalen Carter play where he dove between Creed Humphrey's legs to try and intercept uh, the spiked ball. I don't know if it, that's ever been done before. I, I don't have the history of that, but the attempt to do it, I think we have to, Kevin, you said it earlier. I think we do have to give the Eagles coaching staff credit for these little things that they do so nuanced that they make work successfully that most teams don't think about. It's details. I have to admit, I have never thought about that as even being conceivably possible in my life is what if on a spike, a defensive and li- defensive lineman dives underneath to grab the ball. I, like, when you, when we were looking at that play, it's unbelievable. I know it didn't work, but that is high-level coaching IQ, IQ football oh, IQ right there. I like there. haikus also. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good Coaching poem. haiku. Uh, coaching IQ, football IQ. And if that would have worked, that people would have lost their freaking minds. Haikus are 575. I'm not sure. Does that sound right that from back in grade right. school or middle school? Yeah, it's been a while since I did a haiku. By the way, what's amazing is you can't line up right over the center. And that's how one of the things the Eagles take advantage of is the rules that they want to protect the center. So you can't line up directly sure. over the center. And now on the tush push situation, back to Corey's point on the tush push. I just wonder this. If you take two defensive tackles and you put them on both sides of Kelsey's shoulder, you know what they're doing. They've never audibled out of that situation. And you get on your hands and knees. You start off on your hands and knees as the defensive tackle. So you're starting off lower because you can't get on your knees to snap the ball. At least I don't think you can. So I'm just wondering, the key to that, if you're ever going to stop it, is to get lower than what Corey's pointing out because they get lower than all the defensive linemen immediately. And I'm wondering if you start off somewhat on your hands and knees uh, in a just push-forward situation, if you could somehow stop Kelsey, and I'm sorry, I don't know their guards' names, from doing what they do so successfully well. Now, on the start, so 
Did you split it evenly? Did you go Monday Night Football first? I would and then... lean. I probably was 60-40 Monday okay. Night Football. Okay. I you... was uh, probably 80% Monday Night Football. Okay. Uh, but it's... I will also say Fubo TV is not the easiest to navigate. So usually when I am okay. a place, I kind of stick there for a while. Uh, but when I went over to Stars, it was kind of end of period, and I was like, "Oh crap! It's twenty minutes before I get to see the next the next play." I know the points all count the same, but I thought this was a super encouraging win for the Stars. Not only yeah. because they rushed them in the third period. I realize there's a couple of empty netters, but still, they scored a lot. I did like the the Rangers empty netted it with like four minutes to go. Like yeah. they, they were very aggressive. They were down by empty- two, and they're like, "Let's do this." Yeah, is. We talked about this yesterday. Going into this game, Stars were 11-1 against all other teams across the NHL, but 0-3-1 against top two divisional teams. So to not only get the win, but get a win on a night that it looked like you were going to get zero points, let alone two. So what you're saying is the curse was broken. When big announcements are made in DFW, Kevin, you're saying curses get broken. Is that what you're trying to suggest? Because... JD gone, Rangers win World Series. True. Jerry now gets Jimmy in. Cowboys uh, you know, I future still that. undecided. No, you know, I believe. The Mike Madonna news. Okay. And now the Stars are winning against well, good teams. What a, what a crappy trade off if that's all the Stars get is a regular season win against the Rangers. Multiple okay. regular okay. season okay. wins. If, if, if we start rolling, then, it, then I'm in on this that. This is the beginning, Kevin. Then, then I'm in on all of that. Why is he just now getting a statue? Great question. Did they finally look at the dirt? Did the Stars ownership and general managers go, hey, that would be kind of cool if we had a hockey statue. And they're like, hey, who do we got? And you're like, oh, hey, I don't know. The guy who helped make hockey a thing here in Texas. Mike Madonna, one of the five greatest American hockey players of all time in the history of U.S. hockey. Probably so. And we're like, hey, you know what? 15 years later after you retired. This sounds like a decent idea, man. We were really bent out of shape that he went to the Red Wings for that one season after the fact. And they're like, nope, can't do it. I'm wondering if it'll be directly across from the Dirk one. Because I was the other day, I was, at, I was at the Maverick-Sacramento game where it was a great all-star game by the Mavericks. They let Sacramento <laughs> do whatever they wanted at any point. Hey, that's any is, game, Mike. Is, uh, I was thinking as I was walking by, I was like, I wonder if Luca's going to have a statue right there 20 yeah. years from now. But now I'm wondering, oh, is that where Madonna's going to be? So as you're kind of entering, I don't know, I would say the front door of the AAC is – is it going to be Dirk on one side, Madonna on the other? Because I think that would be really cool. Because yeah. let's be honest, by the time there is a possible Luca statue, there will not be an American Airlines Center for the Dallas Mavericks. I could, I could so, definitely see that. I think Luca's going to play in another, not on another team. He Dude, might. But. but if there's a Luca statue by that time, do you think it'll be a floating statue where it's just like it's floating in the air or a, a hol- hologram Why? statue? A little bit, I do. New technology, like he gets Mike. like he gets like a phone book off of the ground. So we're going to make him float. <laughs> like, wouldn't we want like if you had a floater? Man, counterpoint. Man, that is a that is a valid <laughs> point. Say. If you had a floater, uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. think that's right. Like going a player, I'm ready to hear more of this. Wouldn't you want like somebody who jumped? 
You know, Mike, I hear what you're saying. All right, hologram it is. Hologram it is. That's what I'm shooting for here. I mean, I really want one of JaVel Magoo. He had the greatest game he's ever had. You said you weren't going to call him that anymore. I hate him again. You know why? What the hell, Mike? He played for Sacramento, and that's the best game he's had in over a year. It was. I mean, I think we should have one of Magoo in in his white uh, sneakers and sipping a smoothie on Mm -hmm. his way to the bench. Eating a hot dog. (laughs) Jack nuts. Now he tries again. Mike? You're a piece of dump, Magoo. Yeah, I'm letting it all out. Why didn't he try for the Mavericks? I don't know. And by the way, if you think all the players liked each other last year, how about the second time JaVel McGee runs down the court, Tim Hardaway Jr. pushes him in the chest for no reason? We're the KNC Masterpiece. Oh, yeah, that team got along great. They love playing with each other. Right here on 105.3 The Fan. It's going to be one today. Coming up next. The anonymous NFL player poll, biggest trash talker, most annoying fans, Commissioner Goodell rating, and so many other questions answered. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Third down and 72. He's flushed out again. He avoids one sack. Fumble. And now Donovan Wilson's got him at the line of scrimmage. Fumble. Did the ball come ball out? came out as he was running. It's out. Now it's just a question of who got it. Dallas. Dallas. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. So I thought this was a really interesting piece in The Athletic this morning. The anonymous NFL player poll. And so I would like to go ahead and run through it. Unfortunately, Mike, I was hoping it was in there. They would have a question that said, who has the worst core of wide receivers in the NFL? Unfortunately, that question was not part of this survey. I do think that Sean, I think, brought up the New York Giants. I think that is a comparable, like, challenger to the Chiefs and their five Billy Davises they run out there. (laughs) Now, (laughs) the NFL, or excuse me, the Athletics spoke with 85 players across the season to ask them a variety of these questions. Are you a fan of variety? Yeah. Nice. It's a spice of life. Who is the best player in the game today? Football? Don't overthink this. I mean, I would go Patrick Mahomes. It's not even close, but. Let me think about this one. Because I don't think there's a quarterback close to to him. Who do you think is the second best player in football? Either Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson. I was going to go Miles Garrett. So it's interesting. Tyreek Hill is third. Miles Garrett is fourth. Justin Jefferson. Jefferson's not there. Nope. 
Is there a line man? Is there a line, a line man? man? Is there a line man that I'm forgetting about? There might be. Micah? Zach. Not like Zach Martin. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. He stills up there. Aaron Donald. And you want to know something that is we really a wild. We good card of him yesterday. Lamar Jackson is fifth. Okay. So the I, players have it. Mahomes, Donald, Tyreek, Garrett, Lamar. Aaron Joe Donald Burrows. is a shell of himself at this point. Oh, my he had goodness. 20, he had 20 and a half sacks in 2018. The last year he had five, and this year he has five and a half. Aaron Donald? Yeah. Yeah, he, I think he, that, He's always had uh, 11 sacks or more. Well, I guess he had eight one year. I but. think this is where players um, really want older guys. And general managers have to, this is a player's poll, and general managers have to go, I get Aaron Donald's one of, if not the greatest defensive lineman of all yep. time. But at this point in his career, he's just really good. Yeah. He's not what he was. Yeah. It, but you're going to get consistent play out of him. Just like Zach Martin, you're going to get consistent yeah. play out of Zach Martin all the I like, time. I like that comparison. Aside from your current coach. They're in the same draft, right? Yes. Who would you want to play for? Uh, Mike McDaniels. Second. Andy Reid. Third. Dan Campbell. Fourth. Wow. Dang. <laughs> that is pretty astonishing, by the way, you guys. That was really impressive. Uh, Mike Tomlin? Did you say Mike that? Tomlin? Mike Tomlin should be one, yeah. Is number one yeah. by a two to one margin. Hey, we nailed that. Think about this. We know who we want to play for. All you guys did excellent on that. Is of all the players they asked, twenty six percent of them said they wish they played for Mike Tomlin. That that is wild. Yeah. And then it goes Mike McDaniel, Andy Reid, Dan Campbell. Uh Dan Campbell's interesting because of like when the the conversation was, would he take the A and M job? And yep. that conversation, the hours for college football are so different. Did you see his answer too when he said no? And he goes, "But I definitely want to help you guys find the best guy." That's great. He played there. I mean, he played yeah. at A and M, so obviously he wants that part of it. But the respect he's gained amongst players in the league and his own team—that's why. That's why the Lions are playing the way they are because. When he says, hey, let's do this, they say, all right, let's go. So it's it's a he's done a very good job at gaining their respect quickly. Isn't he one of the few, and I'm sorry if I isn't he one of the few former NFL players that is a head coach? I would have to revisit that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, there I'm are, sorry, I don't know the answer. There to are that. a lot of I mean, I know there's nerds. like Frank Wright, who oh. obviously we went against who who uh you know obviously played quarterback. And I'm sure there's others too. Doug Just, Peterson played. Yeah, but off the top of my head, it's it's most Co- most head coaches in the NFL yeah. didn't play NFL football. Oh, yeah. That is, I mean, I guess D'Amico Ryan's did, and I think he's doing a heck of a job yes. in Houston. D'Amico Ryan's is number 10 on this list. Mike McCarthy is not in the top 12. I think 12 D'Amico Ryan's could move up very fast, too, because this is his first year. A lot of people don't know what it's like to play for that guy right now. This one is really interesting. Most underrated player in the league. Now, the vast majority Back. of votes were split up across. Honestly, I think it's Deron Bland, but they're not going to vote for him. Oh, Aren't man, they? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Deron Bland is tied for third on okay. this list. Look at that respect. That now, there got. are a lot of people tied for third, but he's still tied for third. <sighs> Valdez Scantling. He stinks. <laughs> You're on the right position. It's a wide receiver under, under Puka Nakua. Your guy. Justin Jefferson? T. Higgins. Oh, I love T. Higgins. T. You're right. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> T. Higgins, number one on the board, 
followed by Kenny Moore, and then a whole crap ton of people are tied for third, including Deron Bland. So good for him. What is the best stadium to play in? I'm, Green Bay. I'm going to presume it's got grass. I'm just gonna. Oh, we'll get to that because I feel like that's where the players are. Like we, you know, we want grass first. So, Green Bay is fourth, uh, and that is a grass field. Seattle's very loud. I don't know if opposing players are going to like that answer. Arrowhead Stadium, grass. number one, followed by U.S. Bank Stadium, which is Minnesota. Two, oh, not grass, and then SoFi in Los Angeles. AT and T is seventh on the list. Okay, great. We need a new stadium now. <laughs> All right. It could be worse, though. Worst stadium to play in. Uh, RFK. MetLife. It's not called RFK anymore. <laughs> MetLife Stadium. <sighs> okay. What's the, what are they called? What is it called? Is it FedEx? FedEx Field is second. Which one's that? MetLife. That's, That's Washington. RFK. Okay. That is RFK is what he's still calling it. <laughs> and MetLife Stadium is number one. The Bill Stadium, which is called Highmark Stadium, I could not have told you that for the life of me, is third on the list. And interestingly enough, Lambo fourth on the list. Lambo fourth best, fourth worst. So... Good job. They use a uh, Deso Grassmaster uh, as a hybrid grass sports playing sur field surface, a mix of artificial fibers and natural grass. Oh. Because, you know, snow and stuff. Okay. Since I can tell you're in on the grass, well. <laughs> you can say that. I'm fine yeah, with that. Uh, we'll hear that Friday. Yeah. Turf versus grass. Is it overblown with the players or a real concern? 100% real concern. No. Oh. However, it is a lot. 12% overblown. 5%, it's about right. 83% say it is a real concern and they need to do something. I was off by a little bit. Yes. But close. Just a little bit. Very close. Most annoying fan base. Cowboys. Cowboys are second. Eagles. The Eagles are first. By the Told way, y'all. Nobody is even close. To the Eagles or the Cowboys? To both. Okay, all right. The Eagles, 25.3%. The Cowboys, 24.7%. So think about that. Those two teams alone got half the vote. No other individual team is higher than 7%. Wow. So the players wow. are like, you know who's the worst? The Eagles fans. And also the Cowboys fans. Every other fan base, either way. I'm I'm very fascinated because the Eagles fans, we know they're the worst because they talk like very crudely to you. And they might smash a bottle and they're, who knows. And they're like they're yes, exactly. It sounds like they're miserable. Cowboys fans, I'm I'm very curious from a player's perspective what they don't like about them, other than they think they are uh elitists that don't deserve to be that. Okay. While people ponder that. Who's more miserable, Eagles fans or Marky Mark on the Manning cast last night? Did you see his face? I have, I have not seen it. He looks like he would rather. Did he open up a bad box of UFC cards? I don't know if that is the case. He looks so miserable. His, his kids, like he's he has yeah, like a oh whole yeah. like Instagram and, and social media thing, you know, towards cards. He looks so unhappy. Why? While he is doing it. But see, that's the thing. 
I don't know. That's maybe, just how he is. Maybe that's face. just what Was his it face not looks time like. to break forth the rhythm and the rhyme? Maybe it's because when they showed the picture of him in his underwear, he's yeah. just like, whatever, guys. Do you think Come he on. gets mad Did he if not someone get brings mine? that up to him? Did he not get yours? Did he not see sweat coming out your pores? Sports Illustrated says uh, NFL fans roasted Mark Wahlberg for his awkward Manning cast appearance. Yes, he just he looked miserable during that. Wow, thing. his agent made him do it. Probably. All right. He must be coming out with a new underwear line. <laughs> that, well, he is also think. an Eagles fan, and he was on with he was on with Eli. Oh well, that's was fine. he also his, on during the Eagles a, game? Did he not want to be on? But what an Eagles fan or is he a he's Patriots Eagles. fan? He's Eagles. That's you're oh, getting you're getting both. Ben Affleck and his buddy confused. Oh, yeah. that's right. He I, is yeah, Boston. I thought he was a Pats fan. He was oh. in the Eagles movie, but was he a Pats oh. fan? I thought he's a Pats guy. Yeah, and so he hates Eli because okay, well, wouldn't you two have losses. fun telling him what a piece of crap? Maybe is? he is a Bo- he has to he is a Boston. Good fan, God, I am looking at this face. He looks ticked off. I, he looks so unhappy. All right, yeah. how do the players feel about Commissioner Goodell? We know how the owners feel about him. They think, love him. They agree with everything he puts forth. That's a good point. Do you think they say thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? They're probably going to say thumbs down, even though they give him 70 million thumbs up, any anything he comes up with. Thumbs middle. Thumbs in the middle, only 11%. Oh. Thumbs down, 30%. Thumbs up, 59%. Wow. I guess that makes sense, because that's about how the vote went when they said take it or leave it. <laughs> they said, all right, we'll take we'll it. We'll take it. We'll take it, take it, take We it. love taking it. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That's the that's the motto of the NFL Players Association. Mm-hmm. NFLPA, we love taking it. That's a fact, Kevin. You know that. Like that's not anything new. No, yeah. I'm not disputing the logic behind it. Still phrasing. How would you rate overall good. officiating in the NFL from one Perfect. being the worst to ten being the best? They, you know, damn well they're not going to say nine. Actually, uh, interestingly enough. Nine is the only number that got zero votes from anybody. Uh, Four. Four? I watch some college football, and it's way better than college football. Corey, you're close. The average score was a five. 2.5% gave him a 10, but 10% gave them a it's, one. Uh, so every receiver is going to say that the refs are against them, and every cornerback is going to say the refs Same. are against them. And so there's a big, Probably huge offensive lineman yeah, too, right? Offensive lineman. I I think, and Mike, you you talk about this a lot with baseball. I think the umpires and referees don't get enough credit for what they do well because the one thing that they did wrong or the two that they did wrong in a game is a significant, and everybody can see it. But you don't sit there and go, "Oh man, that was a really good call by that referee." Whenever they make the right calls, you you just always see the ones that killed your team. Yeah, so. no, that's a great point. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Mazur. All right. Let's keep doing free agency talk. Let's Come on, it. Rangers. Give us something before Thanksgiving. Now, KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. Don't forget, at 1122, we're going to get into peace and have another announcement for you right then and right there. But now, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Mazur. Okay, Baseball Nuggets brought to you by the Diamond Factory. And uh, thank you so much, Diamond Factory. Great time to get that kind of Christmas uh, gift uh, right now from the Diamond Factory. Guys, I want to talk about non... Well, I'm going to start with a non-free agent. I I find this article very interesting. Um, It is from MLB.com, and it talks about 
Eloy Jimenez, who the Rangers have zero interest in, I bet, because he's an outfielder that gets hurt for 60% of the game's play. Like, I've never seen a prospect since 2019 get hurt more than Eloy Jimenez does in the outfield. All right, good player. He just only plays about 60 games a year. Next, Dylan Cease. Remember that name at the All-Star break and around the trade deadline on how the Rangers were very interested in right-handed starting pitcher Dylan Cease for the White Sox as the White Sox were looking to possibly unload talent. And they did, but they didn't unload Dylan Cease because they felt like they could possibly get more for him later. Okay. Dylan Cease, this is from John Heyman. He says, I think he's 80% likely to be moved. They're already talking about potential packages going back to the White Sox. So, now, it does say that he's linked to the Dodgers. But I'm assuming if the Rangers had interest in in July, that they have interest in Dylan Cease right now. He has two years left until he becomes a free agent. So, you'd have him for this upcoming season and 2025. How interested are you guys in Dylan Cease? I had two years of control. I am very interested. And I actually think this might be a good year to buy off of not his best season, which follow which the two seasons before were awesome. 84% really whiff rate. Uh fastball slider curve low like two percent change up guy. It feels like when you say 80 per, 84% whiff rate. Explain that to me. The real quick. the whiff rate, those are pitches. I think, I believe, my understanding is pitches that are swing and miss that are in the strike zone. Uh, so, in the strike zone, he, people he, swing and they miss. 84% That's of what the they, time? Well, let's say, let's call it an 84 number. It's the, his best okay. number. It's okay. his best number on baseball savant. Mike. Just because it might be. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but Hold that on. just sounds confusing to me that when he throws a strike, People don't hit it 84% of the time? I'm Okay, my bad. 31% whiff rate. Okay. He's in the 84th percentile in Major League Baseball. Go. There we go. Okay, uh, that makes more sense to his me. K per- his K, he's in the 77th percentile there, too. And so, like I said, fastball, slider, yeah. curve, low changeup guy. Sounds like a perfect guy for yeah. Mike Maddox. I would love him. It, it will cost you a lot. I'm just going to be honest here. This will cost you two premium prospects. Yeah. No, not Evan Carter, not not Wyatt um, Langford. Langford. I almost said Wyatt Johnston there. Uh, I guess hockey I'm, Mike, I'm baby. Hockey, I'm hockeyed up in my head. Uh, but it will cost you probably two of your top ten prospects to get him. He's and gonna- then maybe one more guy that's kind of – prospect 15 to 20 so this will cost quite a bit to get but i am very interested in this he kevin 160 his projection is 167 innings pitched and 200 strikeouts and so like when i look at that and his walk rate he got about 71 walks that in that in that time yeah that's a starting pitcher at a place where you need that value you need that position he's a potential ace and we do have to look at it this way the Rangers' best pitchers right now, because we cannot include Montgomery, he's yep. a free agent, are older guys near the end of their careers. Max Scherzer's near the end of his career. Like it or not, and I know that DeGrom's not going to pitch this upcoming season for most of it, if all of it, he's not in his prime anymore either. And then Nate Avaldi, who was unbelievable. Thank you, Nate. But at the same time, he's on a one-year deal 
probably three to four years left in his major league yeah. career. I'm, I'm guessing. I hope there's eight more years left for for Nate Evaldi. But you do have to start looking at this and then go, Cease. well. Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I'm just thinking Jack Leiter, Owen White. Yeah. Whether you're thinking Brock Porter or you're thinking Kamar Rocker, who's going to miss all of 2024, still rehabbing from his injury. You also don't have young pitchers who look like they're ready to step into the starting rotation in 2024. So this would be your one guy that you would look at if you traded for a Dylan Cease who would be kind of in his prime, under control for two years. He's about and, to be 28, and, so yeah. Yeah, definitely in his prime. And if you couldn't, let's say, sign him. I, I don't know who his agent is. I'm sorry I don't have that pulled up. But if after two years, you're hoping at that point that you have developed pitching in your sure. farm system, that younger guys are helping you, or you look at it and you go, I don't know, did we re-sign Max Scherzer? Did we re-sign Nate Ovaldi? At that point, Jacob deGrom has two years left on his contract, and he's closer to 40 years old. So Dylan Cease could be a guy, to me, that makes a lot of sense, and then financially could make sense, too, because last year he made $5.7 million. I'm going to guess this year, I'm just guessing, he's going to make like $10 million yeah. in an arbitration number. Maybe 13. Yeah, so you're looking at a two-year, let's just put it at 25 million. Okay. A two-year 25 million contract. Yeah. I think that for the Rangers ownership who did a tremendous job of spending money the last two years, would look at that and say that's very doable. Over let's say Blake Snell who you'd have to pay over 30 million or you're looking at Jordan Montgomery who I do want back cuz he's in his prime too. Is Montgomery's probably going to be around the 25 million dollar mark I'm guessing. Uh just looking at some other things with him, low home runs given up, like about 18. I think that's low considering Lance Lynn gave up 44. Uh he's got paid too. And na- a couple of names that they say are similar type pitchers, uh Rasmussen in 2021, Justin Verlander and Spencer Strider. Like that's yeah. similar style Ooh. of things. I would based on the number power swing and miss guy. The number the the baseball savant on his changeup. I don't love it, but his other right. three pitches are pretty good. Okay, so and that's something you know you can work on. Sometimes when you yeah. are a guy that throws that hard, a changeup is something that comes a lot later in your career. Yeah. Now I know it's a different era, different time, but Nolan Ryan didn't have much of a changeup at all till kind of he was a Texas Ranger. He had a little bit of one with the Houston Astros. I don't want to take he that still away turned from you. That okay. big old yeah. curveball that could hit you. All right, so shocking news two days ago. I didn't get to yesterday because obviously we had a lot of Dallas Cowboys talk and stuff like that is Brandon Woodruff got released. And look, you can say non-tender. That's the nice way to say yeah. it. But really, if you want to say it the really harsh way, he got fired. So he's out in the world, and we talked yeah. about him last week. So he is a free agent, and that was I think that was surprising to a lot of baseball yeah. because he's not going to pitch next year. He is hurt. But Paul Moro- John Paul Morosi is reporting that a lot of teams, the majority of MLB teams, are interested in signing Brandon Woodruff to a multi-year contract because you know you're just going to rehab him next year. But he is, if I believe right, he's 29 or 30 years old. They believe that he has a lot of time left. And just to give you this, over his nine starts in August and September, the 30-year-old, so there's his age, logged a 2.59 ERA and hitters batted 170 against him. So wow. there's, he is a great starting pitcher when healthy. It is a shoulder issue. Uh, you you just don't know how those are going to rehab. Elbows are a lot easier to rehab than shoulder, but um, – I'm wondering how likely the Rangers are going to be in on the bidding. And isn't timing everything on this? The timing on Otani, the timing on Yamamoto, the timing on uh, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, the timing on if Dylan Cease gets traded to the Dodgers and he's off the board. Obviously, we have Aaron Nola who signed. 
the Braves are making little minor moves here and there, making trades. Yeah. So it's timing can sometimes be everything in free agency because you have so many things that you want to do, but you kind of want them to line up correctly because if things are happening in the order you don't want them to happen in, then you lose everything and get nothing. Yeah, no, I <laughs> – and I keep thinking about this when you said all the teams are lined up, and I'm like, well, sure, because now you can take all compensation off, like all right. non-monetary compensation yeah. off the table. And so doesn't that drive you even more? You're like, I actually think this is going to turn out to be really good for him, don't you think? Like putting yeah. aside the Rangers, yeah. I think this is going to be good for him. Because now instead of getting kind of a one-year tender where he would get, I'm going to guess like close to $10 million, yep. even though he wouldn't pitch, yep. I don't know how that goes in arbitration when they're like, well, he's not going to pitch one inning for us. That's a weird arbitration case, but I don't know how that works. Is now he's looking at probably a three-year deal. Because if, if if I'm the Rangers, I'm almost looking at it going, he's not going to pitch in 2024 for what I'm understanding and reading. And then in 2025 might be not the best year just because he had a year off. So you're kind of watching his innings, making sure that he's making progress. The shoulder's not bugging him anymore. And then you're hoping in 2026 at 32 years old, 33 years old, that he is back to a dude who's putting up a mid-two ERA and is a Cy Young candidate. So I would definitely want a three-year deal on him. Not that we're out on Shohei or anything like that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow, but you're starting to see more and more viable candidates that you think would fit really well for the Rangers. How excited does that have you for the offseason, yeah. knowing, hey, Shohei would be awesome. We would all flip yeah. out. But you're like, hey, what about this? What about Stoked. this? What about this? I what love these this? types of offseasons. We're the champs. Yeah. We're trying oh. to add to the team. We're not regressing. I mean, you know, the team might not be as good next year. Sure. We don't know what the record will be, but they're trying to make this team better because if you don't get Otani, but you get Yamamoto and you trade for Dylan Cease. I mean, I'm just throwing two yeah. things out there and you bring back the same lineup, yeah. whether you're and then you're hoping that Lankford yes. helps out at some yes. point. And Bochy's still here. Yeah. And Maddox. Yeah. Tim Hires and Will Venerable. I mean, let's be honest. If he wasn't taking interviews, he's the next manager of the Rangers. That's a whole other story. I, I think you're probably right. But I mean, there were a lot of teams that looked at the Rangers and said, let's pluck Bochy's n- next guy. And he said no. And I think he's saying no because he knows that most likely when Bochi decides to not do this anymore, he's the Rangers' next man. I think he's saying no because he loves Texas, uh, the great state of Texas, and the DFW area. You heard it here first. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.